Welcome to our podcast, All About the Car, brought to you by Shrill Tire and Service. I'm your host, Rob Hoffman, an auto service specialist with over 44 years of industry experience. I welcome back our regular guest, Brian Call, an automotive industry veteran with over 40 years of experience, and Bill Sherrill, a guy that's logged a few miles in his time and always has a lot of great questions. Welcome back, guys. Great to be back, Rob. Awesome to be in the car today. Great to be here. I would also like to welcome two very special guests to our podcast today, Adam and Lynn of the Bluegrass Americana Band, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. Welcome. Good day. Good sir. It's great to see you too. Well, today we're expanding the scope of All About the Car podcast by inviting these fantastic folks, these musical band, into our podcast today. So we're going to really expand this and have a great time. Really curious, did this all start in Stevens Point? Sure did. Yeah, we all ended up going to the University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point, and we were all studying very, very different things. None of us were studying music, in fact. <laughs> oh, oh wow. You have an honorary degree, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, personally, I was focused on sports. I was focused on playing football. And that all went to the wind when I met Sammy Odin, who's, who's Horseshoe's bass player. And we got together and made some music, I remember, in the basement of Knudsen Hall, the environmental hall there. And he had days previous met Colin, Russ, and Davey, who were a little older than us. And they were starting to make music together. They had a little project called the Blue Washboard Boys going on. And uh, Sam got along with them and he had said, hey, you got to meet these guys and maybe we could all make music together. And the rest is kind of history. We started playing at college house parties and out on front lines <laughs> and bonfires and things like that. We're like, man, it really started to hit, you know. And then there's a, a Wednesday night open mic that Art Stevenson and High Water and Sloppy Joe would host. And uh, we started going out there. And, Isn't that in Ro- out past Rochelle? Yeah, right? Northland, uh, Northland, Wisconsin. That's Northland Ballroom. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. That's right. We kind of fell in love with making music there. And really the community around it, we started, we hired a party bus that would run from downtown Stevens Point out to the Northland and fill it full of college kids, <laughs> some of which were probably 21. Yes. And then uh, <laughs> that really started kind of the community around horseshoes. And that kind of vibe has kind of existed now 10 years later in that horseshoes has this kind of homegrown sort of appeal thing going on that I think definitely goes back to how it started, you know, picking in a circle at house parties with people dancing all around us and always taking it just serious enough to be a business and have it be our career, but to let it remain fun and rootsy and organic, you know. I would think that just the way this whole thing kind of fell together is really kind of rare. I mean, it's not often that all the synergy and everything comes together and the way it was born happens. Yeah, and people do say that, and we feel that too. It's like horseshoes wasn't a contrived thing. None of us really intended on creating a band. It just sort of happened. There's some magic to that for sure. And I don't really know what led us to make the music that we make aside from everybody just kind of being open to making music. We do it on acoustic instruments, but at the time that was really more out of necessity than anything else in that we didn't want to lug around amps and, you know, we, 
there wasn't a drummer. And so we just started playing music and it was on. Russ had just started playing banjo, you know, not long before. And now he's thought of as being like one of the best old time banjo players in the country. So it's a pretty special thing in that way. And there's been a lot of those things down Horseshoes Road, these kind of organic things that have occurred, you know, even including getting our first touring wagon. And we we started... When the car came into your life. (laughs) Well, you know what? There was Aunt Darlene. She was a purple van. uh, So each of these have had names. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Aunt Darlene was, she was always in rough shape, (laughs) and when it was time for her to go, we had Uncle Daryl, and and Uncle Daryl got hit by a third shift worker in the middle of the night. We weren't in it. It was just parked in Milwaukee, and it got just drilled by somebody who was driving home, like, tired from work, and and he was okay, but he just left, I think, (laughs) and then it was, like, a month later, it got broken into, and, like, a bunch of stuff got stolen. Uncle Daryl had some iffy luck, and it was somewhere in there that we were, like, we better find a quality touring rig, and we started the search for that, and had to, of course decide what that meant for us because we weren't ready to graduate to a a full-fledged Willie Nelson touring bus. (laughs) So we had to find kind of a happy medium that was comfortable for us, but wasn't going to be too much money to maintain where it cut into our income, which was an important piece of the puzzle for us. Starving artist at that point. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. Of course, now our listeners are trying to, they're starting to get the idea of what all about the car podcast and horseshoes and hand grenades have in common. It's, it's that bus. It's transportation for sure. I got a big question for you. Coming back to the roots here, where did the name horseshoes and hand grenades come from? Well, now that's hard to tell. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I we, detect the story here. We had a piece of paper that needed us to write our name on it. And provide a tax ID, which of course we didn't have either. It was for a gig at the university's library. It was one of our early gigs. And we were like, man, what are we going to do? We got to call ourselves something. All these ideas had been thrown around. As you do in college, let's just have a party. A crack a beer. And, we'll and, figure and it discuss out. discuss it with everybody <laughs> at the party. And the dust will settle. And we'll have a name. Well, sure enough, you know, we had the party and we focused on that for maybe 30 minutes. <laughs> and then uh, in the morning, we woke up and we we're like, we got to turn this piece of paper in. And like, there was like a couple of them that we remembered. And it was horseshoes and hand grenades was one of them. And we we're like, let's call it good. These days, it's like, I do like the name. The hand grenade part is maybe a little weird. If you don't know the <laughs> expression close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, Crack then, you're, then right. you're definitely no. like, what is Where going on? Where did that on? come from? Yeah. Sounds like hard rock. Yes, it does. <laughs> and people do think we're that sometimes. And then they're sadly very mistaken. <laughs> I think you overcome that well, though, from what I hear in your performances. Yes, yes. So no event sevenfold here. Nothing like that going on. Maybe we'll cover it bluegrass style. There you go. That would be good. So when I was doing some of my research on how bands get through the touring part of it, you know, on the road, you're gone for long periods of time. It's interesting what I found. 
So I found that the challenges are physical inactivity, excessive drinking, mm-hmm. no way, mm-hmm. uh, strained relationships, financial hardships, and lack of sleep. Is there any truth to that? <laughs> Every one of them. It's all true. <laughs> and Lynn, you're agreeing with this. When did you come into the picture, Lynn? These guys were already a few years into it, and they were doing one show in southern Wisconsin, and then literally the next night was in Montana, yep. was it? Oh, my gosh. Glasgow, Montana. Yeah, and it was a 17-hour drive, and we had 18 hours to get there. And so literally <laughs> it was a random question. We were at a kitchen table, and Adam said, hey, will you drive us? Because I travel quite a bit normally. And I was like, sure, sure. So I drove them all the way there. In a tiny little, we scrunched, we rented a van and scrunched everybody rented in there. Like, like an Econo line maybe yep, or something like that. And made it to the gig and made it to the gig. And it was at that point that I think we realized that we got along. That's like huge. That's huge in the success of anything is that you can all get along. That's part of the magic of this whole thing, the, the rarity. I see it. Yeah, the chemistry part of it, like the struggles you listed are 100% accurate. <laughs> yeah. They go from moments right now where we can chuckle about them to moments of total severity and like genuine concern about basically every one of those matters. And that's why a lot of bands call it quits once they reach a certain level. And what Horseshoes has done is try to be consistently reactive, right? So like you start to see like, we're having too much strain in our relationships. We're on the road too hard. It's too difficult to find our balance. Maybe our health isn't doing doing great because we're just hitting it too hard. And when you're touring every single day, playing shows every day, it's hard to stay up eating right and getting exercise and all those things. So we've let our tour schedules ebb and flow. And now there's a couple, couple of the guys have, have a youngster. So we're slowed down and we'll probably ramp up in time again too. And I just think that that's really important to follow your own model, follow your own flow, which of course requires being really communicative between, between the group of us. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, we had Lynn come in starting then basically was just driving for us. And then we realized like, okay, so Lynn fits into this band's energy too. We need a tour manager. And then Lynn became our tour manager. And, and that was maybe 20, 20, <laughs> yeah. 12, was somewhere between 2015 yeah, or 16, say 15, 15, maybe. Yeah. So that was about halfway into our band life. We're five, five years old then. <laughs> we're, we're 10 now. Well, well, actually, we're 10 and a half. So we're not quite to the point where we stop counting half years. So was that a difficult decision for you? Not at all. I think just uh, naturally, I was used to traveling and doing my own thing. I own my own business. And so it was easy for me to follow in those steps. And do what we needed to do to make it happen. And you step into that role of that, I guess I'll say, controlling voice of reason at times to the group? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, because it took emotional decisions out of the equation with between the, the guys. Right. And it became, I 
would set up the schedule, do all the things that they don't have to worry about anymore and they don't have to even discuss. It took that part of the emotional decision-making out of that equation so we could do what we need to do and they could have their time on stage yeah. and continue with their music and creativity. So if someone had an issue with the schedule, they came to you, they didn't have to discuss it with every other band Yeah, ever. which was huge because there's this thing, as we know, the tensions can create from, like, we treat the band kind of as a democracy, yet different people come out as leaders in different situations. And that's been a really helpful thing for us. But having somebody, which was often me, have to say, we leave at four. You got to be there for sound check at two. It was never like a healthy thing, really, for me to be doing in that kind of context because I wanted to be a band member, not like the boss. And there's a difference between being a leader and being a boss. So anyhow, Lynn has been an awesome, awesome team member in that way. And she handles those types of things, logistical things, but also just like a smorgasbord of like difficult things that arise on the road, which I mean, it's just unbelievable. As we all know, in any business or endeavor, there's all these things that pop up and it's really nice to have somebody to say, hey, this is happening. What do we do now? You know, like a troubleshooter. Brains behind the brawn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Very important piece of the whole equation here for sure. Mm -hmm. Lynn, are you musical at all? Yeah, I do play the baritone ukulele and write my own songs also. You get in a jam with these guys? Oh, we've done that. Once in a while, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cool. I see some miles on uh, the 2021 schedule here. So you got some traveling going on. So all this fun, I'm going to say, continues on through 2021, right? Well, that's right. Yeah. Like everybody going into this summer, the planning was a peculiar endeavor. And the direction that we took, which was in a way serendipitous, our fiddle player Colin had his first son not long ago. So out of respect for that and wanting to have him be able to have some home time, our schedule was going to de-escalate a little bit this summer. So it really wasn't a difficult thing for us. So we focused on staying in the Midwest, staying in close driving proximity. And in fall, we're going to open up and we've got like a New York date. Oh my gosh. Ohio, Indiana, and going down to Missouri. And yeah, I think we're going to go out to California too. And for folks in the central Wisconsin area, I think we're going to do Horseshoes Halloween out at the Central Waters Brewery again. Oh, oh yeah. Awesome. I'll yeah. put that on my calendar oh. now. <laughs> and then, um, I think the Paps Theater probably for New Year's Eve so in Milwaukee. So. Nice, nice gig. Yeah, it's a great gig. Beautiful. In the preparation of you mentioned California. There's a difference between taking a road trip with band from California versus a there and back in an evening. So what are the types of things that from a vehicle or just a preparation standpoint do you have to go through for the short stuff and the long stuff? Yeah, well, the short stuff, we just pretty much jump in our own cars or carpool to and from. But For long distance stuff, I mean, in our bus, we all have sleeping bunks. Each one of us has our own bunk. So it's like preparing, just making, literally taking the pressure washer and cleaning it out before we leave. (laughs) Inside and outside. (laughs) Inside and outside. 
do the regular maintenance, the oil change, check the fluids, do the one over, you know, uh, kick the tires a little and (laughs) pretty much throw it up in the air and hope that we make it and take it as it comes is really what we do. I'm responsible for that. You're the one. Yep. I'm the mechanic and I'm the driver also. Does she make enough money? Adam? No. <laughs> no. It's a passion of love. <laughs> yeah, it really it is. It really is. And yeah, Lynn has been a huge team member in that way too. The bus lives out at Lynn's place. And you know, of course, she's the one who's, who drives it when we're on tour. So of course, that person's quite a bit more in tune with what's going on. And you know, it's had its fair shares of ups and downs. What year is the Duramax diesel? It's a 2011 Duramax diesel. And when we got it, it was like in the setup that it would be if it was uh, like a airport shuttle bus, like in Minneapolis, if you know okay, the shuttles right. there. So it's got like the luggage thing in the front. I slept on that once. <laughs> and then uh, it's got like the seats surrounding the back. And We were like, well, it's cool that this is like an open profile and stuff, but we're going to be really annoyed with one another. And in a way, I miss that open profile just because it was like, I don't know, it was like being in a sunroom or something. But of course, that just isn't reasonable for what we were up to, you know. And Colin kind of took it upon himself. Him and his father went in and removed everything and basically set it up so the bus is rectangular and in the back butting up to the very back of the bus is two bunks there and then butting up on either side is another two bunks this is all oriented towards the back so everybody's kind of got their space there i'm the very very back low one because it's nice and dark and cool (laughs) in there the problem is that it's by that back axle so a couple times I've been dead asleep and we've whacked a bump, but I've I've gone straight planked all the way up and smoked the top of the bunk above me and fell right back down. But and who's the driver? Yeah, <laughs> come on, Leonard. <laughs> and then the front is kind of has our gear up there, and then it's kind of like a common area, and a lot of hanging does go on up there. It's it's nice. We have on a couple occasions taken a trailer along that we put all of our gear into and of course from a comfortability standpoint it was that really opened everything up because our luggage and stuff would be in there too so the whole bus was really a more of a lounge setting then than also having to, to hold our things so that was nice but you know overall i've said before that how we not made the transition to a larger touring vehicle I don't know that horseshoes would have continued and I don't know exactly how the other members felt, but I was getting like straight up terrible anxiety from traveling constantly in like a packed soccer mom fan. It was just like super claustrophobic and like, I'm talking my spot where I always sat, there was like a base neck that like went past my ear. (laughs) It's just like not sustainable for traveling more than like a couple hours. So it was really big for us transitioning to that Duramax diesel. And despite the occasional breakdown, it's been pretty good to us. So does this bus, the Duramax diesel, have a name other than Duramax? Babe the Blue Ox. Babe the Blue Ox. (laughs) 
It's blue. It's blue. And, uh, <laughs> although it has this really bizarre white top. If you take a photo from the top, it's just white. It's really weird. It's blue, and its first event was the Blue Ox Music Festival. And nice. That's awesome. nice. And, you know, it's the whole Paul Bunyan had Blue Ox. We're from Wisconsin, you know. Totally. The, the lore runs deep. Yes. The footprints of yeah. him made the Great Lakes. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I have not used that part of that. That's good. <laughs> Just FYI. That's good. Thank you. Well, if it's all pressure washed, we'd love to see the inside of that van, as a matter of fact. And as with every All About the Car podcast, we hit the road to a popular Wisconsin destination. But today, our destination is to hop into the HHD tour bus with Adam and Lynn for an intimate performance by Adam. Adam, take it away. All right. This is a tune called Four Old Red. Nineteen years old, you got the wheels under your wings. You question it. But you don't question this thing Cause it looks more sturdy Than your future does right now And you know for sure That it'll blast you on out of town Just open your ears And your heart right now Know that Questions matter as much as the answers anyhow Forget the explorations that just didn't work out And know that they got you here Without a doubt Like the West's last stand The stars got brighter I swear right as we drove Farther, far away Than what we've ever known Just open your ears And your heart right now Questions matter as much as the answers anyhow Forgive the explorations that just didn't work out And know that they got you here Without a doubt Then the tour took And the wheels lost their tread 
Thanks to Adam for that performance. That is truly something that's going to stand out in our books at All About the Car podcast. But let's get get in now and break it down. What type of service schedule is important for the HHG Tours van? I mean, you're on the road for distances, long periods of time. You talked about Montana, Nebraska, but then some local gigs too. Brian, what would you recommend when it comes to service on the type of usage that they're putting this poor blue ox through? Oh, goodness. (laughs) Staying on top of your... Schedule maintenance, making sure that all the fluids are taken care of and in good shape to extend the life and the reliability of the vehicle. I'm sure you got some great stories on that. Oh, yeah. We have plenty of times that we've broken down in the middle of nowhere, literally, on the way to somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Can't remember where. (laughs) That's what a lot of people say about central Wisconsin, you know. (laughs) There's one time we broke down in Nebraska. It was a Sunday. You know, that's the worst. Traveling when you're trying to get to your next 20 hours in between Friday or Saturdays and Monday's show. And so Sunday is the day where all mechanics, they're not open. They're not working. Might be enjoying a beer and a fish. Hopefully. Hopefully someone (laughs) is, you know. (laughs) So an instance, like we're in Nebraska and we had no taillights. None of our running lights worked. They kept flickering off. There's some sort of electrical thing happening. Super dangerous. Yeah, of it's the worst driving down an interstate with no lights. You, you know? think? And so I'm like thinking about where my bunk is. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right in the back. In the back on the bottom. We pulled over. We tried one mechanic. They did a couple little things. It worked for a little bit. Then we ended up going to another place a couple hours down the road. Finally, we found one guy who's willing to even look at your vehicle because a lot of times you pull in with a big bus and mechanics are like they run they scatter yeah yeah they're like they don't want to deal with it and so we spent the day at this guy was super nice and he had his family at his little workshop and we spent the day and trying to strip apart all the wiring get to the oh my gosh while trying to get to the source because we had also at that time we were carrying a trailer so we had the trailer and the bus and we're on our way to montana and then to new york so we're going across country and so finally it just came to the point where i'm just prove that routing (laughs) (laughs) the bus yeah exactly (laughs) no that probably was me (laughs) 
So it just Ugh. came to the point where I'm just like, let's just hook this wire up to the battery, put a toggle switch in. The guy took the toggle switch literally off of his radio, <laughs> out of his shop, and we ran a wire to the back of the bus, and off we went. You betcha. It's still like that to this day. <laughs> it works, right? <laughs> it works. If, it, if so it's like, not broke, don't fix thing, it. There was you know? good juju in yeah, that radio. Exactly, yes. and if anybody's driving, that's the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, is the toggle on? i will say and of course this is one of many stories honestly that occurred but it's the horseshoe part of horseshoes and hand grenades there's been luck and a couple times we've managed like that was an occasion where we find this guy who just like has that soft spot where he's like, these guys are super weird. <laughs> and this is a really weird situation. And they're screwed if I don't help them. And totally. they help. And always at the end of it, you always get the bill. And you can always tell it's been like sliced in half or something. Yes. Oftentimes. And so, I mean, I guess just remain grateful and thankful for the work of people across the country. And, and oftentimes it's... These dudes who run small shops out of their yeah. backyard that have that have given us a hand. Yeah, so. last time we were on our way to Chicago and the serpentine belt broke in Milwaukee. So literally right. within minutes, these boys were in a rental car on their way to the show. And it was a family friend, random garage. I milked the bus to this garage and proceeded to literally tear apart the entire engine to get to the AC compressor to pull it out to realize that it's not just a stock part in a bus like this. So I bought a belt that was an inch or two smaller than the one that's recommended just to run the pulleys to get three hours back home. Then really knows yeah. what she's talking about here. <laughs> yeah. She's good. <laughs> yeah, when you're talking buses, that's conversion packages. Yeah. There's nothing standard you about know, them. And especially diesel. Like, that's a whole other realm in itself. You know? <laughs> that's right. We had like, the AC thing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The times where our AC is gone, and it's been... Oh, like the middle of August, and you're like can't breathe you know in that bus when the ac is not going and it's that hot you do we know? even it's... say the word moist here? oh god <laughs> the smells from the back just, of the bus you know? just rough you know let me out of here so we've had our fair share of those types of things that Definitely. you know there was the time i was asleep with my girlfriend we were at a hotel i was asleep with my girlfriend in the back bunk which is another funny thing sleeping with your partner in these bunks is a <laughs> classic endeavor we're back there asleep and like suddenly the bus just shakes really hard and i'm like oh my gosh we're like are we getting like is the bus getting like broken into like they don't know i'm in here or something <laughs> It was middle of night, you know, so half asleep. I jump up and like grab like uh, something to like theoretically whack somebody with. <laughs> right. And bust out the door like I'm gonna, like I, I figured, you know, if somebody is breaking in, if I just roar, right. they may just run off and I would never have to deal with any confrontation, you know? And so that's what I did. I just like ran out of the bus like, like a sleeping bear. Yeah, like angrily <laughs> shouting. Well, it turns out that it was this dude who was like delivering food in the morning to the hotel. And he had like 
backed his like Mack truck into the back of our bus. Oh, no. <laughs> and he was like out there, like kind of panicking. And then, of course, I felt terrible. Took this out a dude section of the back panel. Took out a section <laughs> by, of our, the by our rear lights. Took out the rear so light. So right? we literally, what, we went to the dollar store, I think. Yeah. And got some blue tape to match the color of our bus. <laughs> oh. And literally did our best craft time, put our lights back into the little circles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you, you know, this stuff sounds funny but it's about in the context of touring when you have as your schedule exists without a difficulty you have three hours of time ever anywhere for these kinds of things so your job is to be resourceful right and like what is the best that we can do in this time period until we get home and can get this thing like fixed most properly. of my emergency kit in the bus is not only fluids and extra tools and things like that but a three and a half inch coupler just in case the exhaust falls off or a two-part metal epoxy in case there's a hole in the radiator hose that needs you've got to it figured out you know like little things like that you have to have on hand because you got to keep going the help from these people along the way, you know, part of that has to do with they're rooting for you. They see what you're doing. They know you're living this kind of a pipe dream life. Yeah. And everyone just like their heart is just like, we want you to do it. Yeah. So you gotta, that cool. gets you on the road. You got to make Cumberland, Maryland by 6 p.m. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. Oh, can we be on the guest list? Thanks. Yeah. We're done. We're okay, done. Which, absolutely. Our yes. mechanics. Absolutely. Our mechanics have yeah. come to our shows. Okay. Well, no, we've never, we've never played him a song. Not because we wouldn't, just because it never... It wasn't the kind Doesn't of right it? people oh. for it to happen like that. that but there was this one cat in... Uh, Ohio. It's somewhere near this famous venue called Buckeye Lake or Legend Valley. Kind of the middle of nowhere, Ohio, but a big venue. It's like their Alpine Valley, this spot. And we had a weird one occur right outside of there. And our Memorial Day weekend for several years was there's several big festivals, of course, that weekend. And we would do Cumberland, Maryland, Legend Valley, Ohio, Chillicothe, Illinois, and geneva minnesota all All in the same weekend four consecutive shows across the country in the same week you said in the same Same weekend weekend. thursday friday saturday sunday Mm -hmm. oh man it was nuts and we did that for several years and during one of those years broke down so i can only imagine when you say a you know a schedule like that that the change in technology from when you started and just having the opportunity for Google has mm. dramatically helped hurt Ben. And oh yeah, it's super helpful. Like, I, mean, I just yeah, think it's of what like, I roll on. It's the what I refer to. How long is it going to get us there? Right. And it usually is pretty. We on used to write minute. it down on paper. Right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's like a phone book. Practically, yeah. you know, like it wasn't that long. We ago. would get lost so constantly. And to, in 2010, none of us had the iPhones yet. I remember my girlfriend at the time. Her name was Katie. She had an iPhone. A couple of times we got lost, and I'd have like one bar of service on like my old like Flip like phone. track phone right. or something. Exactly. I think I had a track phone. Right. Right. I'd call her and be like, "Hey, can you use that that phone thing you got? That fancy phone to type in?" Because I'd seen her doing it. Yeah. Type in the this place and then text me what it says. 
Yeah. You know, and like not even screenshot me, right. text me what it says. Right. There's times even my friend's mom, she's on her computer and she'll send me weather updates. It's when we're going over mountains and the passes and things like that. She'd be like, hey, heads up. She'd send me a message. We're you about know, to get drilled with six yeah, inches of be snow. Be careful because that pass is closed. You got to chain up to get over this pass yeah, up to the next thing. That's been another obstacle that we've passed you know, through the years is, of course, weather. And we've been on tour in the winter months or out in Colorado or California and run into some of these things where there's just nothing you can do about this one. You know, I remember one night, remember up in uh, Aspen, we were playing in Aspen, John Denver country. I think it was Aspen. And then we played Fort Collins the next night. And it got to this point at the end of the night where I'm standing outside and it was like not forecasted to snow really until the next day. But remember, I was like standing out on the deck and I'm like, yeah, it feels like I don't know. It just feels like we should leave this mountain. Yeah, like, we were right supposed now. to stay in Aspen that we night. had hotel rooms. We everything. had no hotel rooms. Everything. You like walked up, and I was like, "Doesn't it feel like we should go?" And Lynn's like, "We should go. We leave. The other two bands stay. Get snowed in. We're down in Denver. Of course, we wake up that morning in Denver, and it's like dumping snow. Right. And we're like." Probably good we got off the mountain while the <laughs> other Colorado. bands end up stuck. Yeah, they were stuck on overpasses. You know how I-70 works there. Anytime there's weather, even if it's a rain rainstorm, it gets backed up. There's this, There's too many people up on that mountain that are trying to go in and out. It's a mountain. There's only one way in and one way out, yeah. really. Yeah. So anyhow, we made it, and the other bands showed up late for their yeah. gig. Yeah, I think I did an opener that night because yeah. the other bands couldn't yeah. get there. Awesome. Yeah, no. they showed up with their tail. We told them to leave. They showed up with their tail between their legs. <laughs> Glad to be horseshoes, right? Mm. You have no shortage of songwriting material here for sure. Yeah. <laughs> if you really think back of all Truth. these stories, you could go on forever. Well, that's what that song that, that I played during the break, uh, For Old Red, is kind of about some of these years of the similarities between the difficulties in life and the difficulties with your vehicle from right. running down life's roads, you know. So when did you all realize that horseshoes and hand grenades were the real deal? This thing's really rolling and really going. You said about five years ago, maybe that's when you came Hopefully along. Hopefully in then, a couple years. Hopefully in a couple years. We're yeah. still waiting. <laughs> I thought maybe it might have been when Central Waters named a beer after you. Oh, uh, no, not then. <laughs> it was, uh, people ask that question, and it's hard to see the forest through the trees, you know. And I think for us as young fellas in our 20s, in our lower 20s, we were grateful that making music with our friends could be our jobs through college to not, you know, we needed to make money while we were in school and to not have to do something we didn't like and to be able to go out on the weekends with our buddies and meet new people and travel places. That was really a joy. So to some degree, you could say we made it then at that moment. And over time, when we graduated school, we all had our degrees, you know, we all made sure to finish college and we all felt good about that. And we kind of hit it pretty hard at that point for a number of years and got to play places like Red Rocks in Colorado and the Ryman in Nashville. Wow. Well, all these that's the big time. Go to Alaska. We have probably just as good of a following in Alaska yeah. as we do in Wisconsin. And, and so in terms of when did we make it, 
probably when we started making music together and got to make one dollar for our shows nice yeah nice there was actually a profit yeah yeah right then yeah they bought a beer, they, they bought a beer yeah. Uh, yeah you know profit and, and, gone and it just evolves yeah it evolves and it's it's the old question you know people ask what is success what is making it and to me making it is sustainably doing something you love and being able to do the things you want in life, you know? So you've recorded in Pachyderm Studio in Minnesota. Yes. Previously used by what band? Well, a bunch of bands, Nirvana. Nirvana. They recorded their last album there, which is a little creepy. But, a little but, bit. They, <laughs> but no, uh, Nirvana and a bunch of bands through the years did stuff. I'm blanking right now, but it's an iconic studio and kind of the northern driftless part of Minnesota. Hill country. There's a little river that runs through the back. I love fly fishing for trout so i mean that like, nice makes it for me you know and, and russell our banjo player too and it's cool because it's an old house built by like a contemporary of frank lloyd wright so it's got this like kind of funky architecture and energy and stuff you walk in and you feel like you're about to party in the late 70s early 80s it's got right it's got this Some like shag <laughs> it's, it's got a pool like an old school pool and just really beautiful, but the best thing for us at that facility is that there's the house and there's a the studio. And so go there for four or five days, and we're just kind of all-encompassed, have some friends come and make some food. and we Just kind of work and knock it out. We did 18 tracks in four days. Oh, my God. Holy last record. Wow. Yeah. And that was just being rehearsed and getting in there and hitting it. And that album's called Miles in Blue, and perhaps you can see why. After this conversation, Miles and Babe, the Blue Ox. Absolutely. So if you uh, had the chance to talk to a young and up-and-coming band that are considering the same idea or track that you guys are on, what advice would you give them? A lot of the same tenets that I would like anybody in life. Be yourself. Don't need to try to be anybody else but yourself from music and a personality perspective. I would explain that music wallets in artistic endeavor and really really fun to make creative that successful bands work very hard and that there's things like figuring out how to maintain your vehicle how to create strong branding in yourself how to create marketing plans how to facilitate proper relationships across the country that are going to help you build your business because your band is a business. And I think a lot of young bands are talented artists, but have not yet committed to using their artistic abilities to lead a successful business. And one thing with Horseshoes, if somebody asked why we've been successful, it's because we were creative from a business standpoint at a really young age. We jumped on that stuff and started looking at it from a longer-winded perspective early on. And Lynn, is there anything that you advice that you would give to somebody who may be a part of a band or taking that leadership role for touring, getting the word out, coordinating that on the road? Yeah, just do what you do. Just be on it. Be respectful of other people's time. Mm-hmm. Be respectful of the venue. Be respectful of your fans. 
take everything into account what it takes to get there and also get home. Yeah, you know, I think in music, it's not unlike a lot of different, a lot of other avenues in life that you know, it's the basic tenets, respect, hard work. Availability. Availability. Attitude. Attitude. All the signs in a business conference room. Right. Yeah, I know. All the 80s posters yeah. that yeah. we all used to stare at. Yeah. Drive. Enthusiasm. <laughs> communication. Teamwork. Teamwork. Yeah. All truth. Yeah. Got it. Oh, that's all about color. Okay. Right. I thought I was going to find things, a yeah. I know. We're looking at the walls. <laughs> I think I can speak for all of us at all about the carpodcast.com when I say it's been an honor to have you along with our podcast today and invited us into your tour bus, the Blue Ox. Thank you very much, Adam and Lynn of Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. Thank you. Thank you. What a pleasure to be here and talk with you guys. You reminded me of some things. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so right along with us next time when we talk about buying car insurance, where it's all about the car. To listen to previous episodes, find additional resources, or to simply send us a message, head to allaboutthecarpodcast.com. See you next time.